Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast, the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into an automated sales machine with the latest marketing, email, sales, and social media advice, strategies, and tips from experts without the fluff. Your host, Caroline Balinska, the founder of JustAskParker.com, the only small marketing task agency for Shopify owners. With over 10 years experience in marketing, manufacturing, design, and e-commerce, she shares her knowledge and interviews the experts to help you in your journey to success. Now, here's your host, Caroline Balinska. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me again on this podcast. It's so great to have you here. I'm really excited today. This is something I'm asked about all the time by people who listen to the podcast and my clients. I have Jason Berkowitz on the line today. He is here on the podcast telling us everything about SEO. So I came across Jason because he's doing such an amazing job out there. He's since 2009, which is a very long time when it comes to online marketing stuff. Since 2009, Jason has been an active leader in the New York City digital marketing community. He has founded two successful firms. One's called Break the Web, which I love that name. It's fantastic. And the other one is called SEO Services New York, which is really good because he talks about SEO and that name is fantastic just for that reason. So since the inception, Jason has managed marketing campaigns for some of the most significant brands in the world and carries out a unique philosophy, which we're going to learn more about today when it comes to campaign success. And in his spare time, Jason can be found falling from the sky as an amateur skydiver. So today we're going to talk to Jason about SEO, like I said, and we're going to ask him one of the most burning questions that everyone wants to know, and that is how does SEO work for Shopify stores and how to do it for Shopify stores? I'm going to ask Jason everything that you need to know about SEO, and by the end of this podcast, you'll be able to be fixing and updating your SEO on your own products. So let's get started. Let's meet Jason. Let's welcome him to the show. So Jason, hi, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Caroline. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. So let's get straight into it. Um, I want you to introduce yourself and then we're going to get straight into the nitty gritty of SEO. So tell everyone a little bit more about yourself. Absolutely. We're going to talk all about skydiving, right? Not SEO. Exactly. (laughs) So um, again, 2009 is when I started as a freelancer. And I started as a freelancer because I had my own business locally here in New York City. It was a personal training company that was failing to bring in new clients and new prospects or leads, so to speak, for our business. And I was looking for new ways to market online, get my business out there, and uh, quite the rabbit hole I went down. And I learned about the acronym SEO or search engine optimization. Unfortunately, at that time, I didn't have much of a budget to kind of invest in uh testing or to invest in all these different SEO courses. So the biggest thing for me was uh, to network. And I networked with over the time this, with some of the greatest minds in the SEO industry and uh, piggybacked off them, offering them a lot of free workout plans and free diet plans for them and their family. And then over time, I was able to collect my own data about SEO. Our personal training website got really good success online, and which I eventually uh, sold the company. But I ended up uh, having a paradigm shift of sorts. And my passion for fitness kind of transferred into a passion for digital marketing and solving that challenge of creating awareness and positioning online. And uh, 
freelancing business kind of took off with our first feeder website or SEO services, org, which was what we call an EMD or an exact match domain, which means that the main search term we wanted to target on Google was simply the domain name. And over the course of six months, we, I successfully ranked that website and uh, was advertising primarily as a freelancer. And as my name became more prominent in the New York City SEO scene, I was able to uh, grow the team with account managers, sales managers, execution teams, and to what we are now, which is an actual inbound marketing, uh, digital marketing agency called Break the Web. And that's simply because <laughs> SEO services in New York sucks at branding. Yes, but it might suck for branding, but it definitely works when it comes to SEO reasons, which is exactly Absolutely, why you do yeah. it. And it gets the point across. <laughs> what do you do? We provide SEO services in New York. Exactly. So about that, straight off, the first question I want to ask you is when it comes to exact name matches, how important is that for an e-commerce store? It works very well from an SEO standpoint, and there's been a lot of... Um, discussions in the SEO community about whether it still works or not. My personal belief is that it still works very, very well. But at the end of the day, I believe having a brand and an entity that's away from your main keyword is probably more important. You can get a lot more diverse with your catalog of products. You can get a lot more diverse in your future offerings. Um, Plus, if you're, again, if your business name is a specific search term, it might not ring off the tongue just as well as a, a catchy brand name, so to speak. Mm, interesting. So the next thing I want to ask you is automatic SEO is built into Shopify stores. So how important is SEO in general for Shopify stores if it's already there on the product pages and each page that people set up on their Shopify store? Mm-hmm. Well, there's very many different uh, parts, moving parts within SEO. Uh, in its most broadest terms, we have uh, two parts on-page SEO and off-page SEO. On-page SEO is what's really built into Shopify with uh, the options to change the titles, meta information, add some schema markup of sorts. Uh, That's all considered on-page SEO, changing the URL structure, um, the content itself. Those are all considered everything that takes place on your website. And then the other 50% of an SEO campaign is what we call off-page SEO. And that's sending trust signals to your website, uh, primarily through the biggest uh, tactic, which is... uh, Acquiring backlinks, which is when one website has that clickable text, which goes to your website. And that's how Google sees trust being passed from one website to another. And essentially, Google wants to rank websites which are deemed authoritative. And that's how authority is transferred, or as we call uh, SEO juice is being transferred from from one website to another. And they kind of work hand-in-hand 50-50. And utilizing Shopify's settings for on-page SEO is a very big portion of the entire SEO strategy, making sure that your content is 100% relevant with the search term. You're answering that question, making sure your titles and your keywords and your URLs just look really good, natural, and kind of display what that page is about. So uh, it's definitely very, very important in 2018. And so it's definitely still important, but for an e-commerce store, if you're selling a pair of jeans or if you're selling uh, T-shirts, how many people are actually using Google when it comes to looking for that sort of thing? How important is SEO when it comes to selling products? 
Uh, probably very important. You know, there's many different fact, uh, many different variables with uh, or vectors with digital marketing, and SEO is one of the many uh, different verticals. And SEO is great because essentially it's free organic traffic. Once you put in the work and once you have those rankings, it's a lot less work to maintain them. But you're not paying per click. And if you find a search term or a target that uh, can definitely warrant realistic results, and you're not going against all the conglomerate e-commerce stores that are both uh, online and local uh, that we're all definitely aware of, then um, it can be a game changer for any business or any Shopify store in terms of virtually being unknown to becoming a digital brand authority in a way. So if you're selling, say, Nike uh, sneakers or Adidas or something, probably trying to SEO the word Adidas sneakers is probably not going to work very well for a startup Shopify store. Yeah. Uh, one of the big things that we tend to notice uh, when we're speaking with a, pers- a prospective client for our agency is uh, one of the first things we do is try to manage the expectations of what's realistic and what's not. And uh, like Nike and Adidas type uh, search queries are probably one of the most heavily spammed search terms on the mm-hmm. web. It's definitely something I would not go for uh, just because you might spend a year or two trying to optimize your entire website for one specific keyword. And it probably really won't warrant great results, especially when you mention big brands, Google will give weight to those brand properties. So um, obviously the Nike.com store, for example, and then all the other big warehouses that just sell Nike brands, which are huge conglomerates, which have huge authority behind them, which people are naturally linking to. And kind of their SEO is is kind of automated in a way just because they're so huge, people are naturally um, sending them trust signals. So again, it comes down to finding those realistic targets, what's going to actually warrant uh, results to bring in new traffic to your website. And what does being on the first page of Google actually mean these days? Because I remember when I started in SEO more than 10 years ago, it was a very, very different thing. It was just you're on the first page of Google and you're on the first page everywhere in the world, whereas now I know it's very different. So what does that mean getting to that first page? Well, I can tell you what it means being on page two. <laughs> on page two, we actually have a joke. Where's the best place to hide a dead body? on page two of Google. Uh, it's an old joke. You may have heard it before and I'm, I'm corny with my dad jokes, but um, it really is. You know, most people aren't going past the first page. Uh, we do know, and Google even admits it with their own data, that most people are skipping the ads. That's number one. And then most people aren't going past the first page. And that's simply because the results on page one are usually really good results. And that's Google's goal is provide answers, really good, valuable, trustworthy answers to people's questions or search queries. And uh, Google's gotten really good at that. And it's very likely that any search user will find the answer they're looking for. And again, answer could be a product or uh, a symptom for a medical condition, whatever it is. Usually on page one of Google, it's very rare that um, most people will go to page two. So page one, absolute game changer. And the closer you are to the top of page one, you're significantly increasing your chances of getting that click. So the click-through rate is usually around 33% going to that number one listing on the entire page. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. But what does it mean, say you're selling jeans around the world and you get to page one for jeans and you can see it there, you live in London and you can see it on page one. Can everyone else around the world see that one as well or it depends on other things as well? I would say it probably depends on the country. Most countries have their own uh, Google database. Now, there are also ones that search queries or results that are universal can attest to exactly what it is. We primarily focus on google.com and probably google.co.uk as a majority. 
but it definitely will um, increase your chances, especially if you ship to a specific location. If you have websites also, sister websites that are properly set up for a specific geographical location, then you kind of have a worldwide domination. And obviously making sure that those websites are connected properly with uh, specific rel tags. And it's called uh, lang tags to kind of separate the specific languages by countries. It's deep coding stuff, but I think that you can find any resourceful information about it on the web. Uh, then you can really get uh, worldwide domination, so to speak, with sister websites for each country having a top-level domain for that specific country. Mm, fantastic. And how does the, you just mentioned it before, no one's really looking at the ads on Google, but there's a few different things going on on Google. So you've got the Google shopping listings, you've got the business listings, you've got the Google ads, and then you've got the organic. Can you sort of give us a run through of how those all relate to SEO and being on that page of Google, I guess? Well, we all know that Google is making their money from ads. So they are consistently changing the ad visibility and the way they look and are designed to kind of blend in with the organic listings because they know that people are skipping them. But of course, their goal is to increase revenue. So um, even now, regular Google AdWords ads that you'll see right at the top kind of, in a way, look like the organic search results, but legally they have to say ads. Uh, with the product listing ads, um, the way everything's changing, again, organic is still essentially free traffic, but also with paid advertising, especially with e-commerce, there's definitely a lot of good opportunities there. Uh, with the business listings itself or the Google Maps listings that you'll see on page one, uh, it's very rare you'll see that for product-specific type search queries unless there's a way to get these type of products from a local business. Usually there'll be more, they'll kind of be missing that, but um, there's opportunities um, from an e-commerce standpoint all around the board on page one. Okay, fantastic. And another question. So I went through on my Facebook group and out to my email list and I asked people what they wanted to know about SEO. What were their questions? So I'm just reading out like some of the questions I've got from them. And then some are just ones that I know that people should be asking and they don't realize they should be asking. So one of the other questions I have here is what is this whole penguin and panda thing with Google that they keep referring to these different penguin and panda things that um, we hear about, but some people don't understand what that means. So these are nicknames, so to speak, for algorithmic filters that uh, Google has released over the years. Now, Penguin was an update that was first released in around 2012, which their filter, their algorithmic filter, primarily targeted spammy backlinks, low-quality backlinks coming from non-relevant websites going to yours in huge abundance that doesn't make sense and kind of uh, doesn't mimic the natural way a website would gain backlinks. Panda, on the other hand, came out about a year or two earlier than that, and that focuses on thin content within the website itself. So uh, you can say that Panda focuses on on-page SEO, while Penguin focuses on off-page SEO. And again, Panda filters, you know, it even goes broader than specifically within your website. If you're straight out copying somebody's website and have duplicate content, that could trigger a Panda update. Uh, but yeah, I would say that the easiest way to remember it is think of uh, off-page versus on-page SEO. So Penguin would be off-page SEO and Panda would be on-page SEO. Okay, so on that point that you just mentioned, when you said that uh, Google notices if your website's being copied, I've had some people, and I was just talking to someone about this because we were talking about images being copied on whether you should watermark your images. So this is another thing with e-commerce stores. So people are scared that their whole website's going to be ripped off. In that case, if someone does copy, clone your website, does Google 
um, see your website as a bad one or the other one or just both of them? Um, is there a really way to know exactly how Google's viewing it? Uh, the best practice is really to make sure that Google, of course, crawls your website first. If they get your data first, it's clear then that you came out first. But uh, to avoid this, what we like to do is file DMCA complaints where um, it's kind of like a seasoned assist of sorts. And if they don't remove the content, then ICANN will physically shut down their, or virtually shut down their website. And um, that's something you can file, again, proving that you're the owner of the photos, the images, uh, the content itself, the products, the website, the brand name, et cetera. But again, uh, the best practice would try to be to hope that Google finds your content first. Uh, that can be done by increasing the amount of times you're publishing on your website. That means that Google will frequently visit your website more, which is good. You can also submit your website every time you come out with a new piece of content or a new page through Google Search Console, and it's very easy to do from there. Um, so if that is a concern, a big concern, um, then I would definitely go that route. We don't typically like to worry about duplicate content because I think Google has gotten a little bit smarter and understand that low-quality people do steal content. And we have yet to really see those issues as much arising. So it's not really as common to get duplicate content penalties. No, that's what I try to tell people. Don't be so worried about that because yeah. it's, you know, there's so many other things you have to worry about and worrying about someone ripping off, off your website is not a big deal. So it's good to hear it from you as well. And if they do, you just file it. And if it does bug you and does annoy you, especially if they're using it in marketing material, then uh, DMCA is very good that you can file a DMCA complaint and, um, over the course of a couple of weeks, will probably get taken down. Fantastic. So people can just Google that and work that out themselves. We won't get into that right now. Yeah. So the next question I have is, how long does it take to see results? I just had an email come in from someone just two moments before we got on this call, and they said, oh, I've been told that I should be SEOing my website and spending all this money on SEO, and I had a look at the person's website, and there's a million other things wrong. So I said to her, it's going to take you time. She was selling um, branded something, like we were just talking about certain brands. And how long does it take to get results with your SEO? And what sort of results have you seen when it comes to e-commerce? So that's definitely the money question right there is uh, the time frame of getting those SEO results. Now, SEO as a strategy overall is a patience game. It sucks. SEO is not the same it used to be. Back in the day, you used to be able to see significant results in less than a month. Now SEO is more of a long-term strategy. And again, the results that come from it really play into a long-term plan just because essentially it's free traffic and you're not actively uh, spending money to get that traffic. We usually say, um, again, this is making sure that all other areas of the website are really up to par. Again, if there's a lot of issues on the website, it'll definitely hinder the results. But again, if you're canceling out every single possible technical issue, on-page SEO issue, loading speed issue, uh, blocked resources issue on your website, and you engage in an off-page SEO campaign, which is usually the long-term execution process, um, you can technically see results uh, if it's really in a non-competitive space in as little as four to six weeks. But uh, usually it's better to manage your expectations a little bit and kind of see it as the long-term results. And again, as long as you're doing everything uh, perfectly, you can see great results within a few months. Fantastic. And so the sort of products that you recommend will get faster results than other products. So more um, handmade sort of products that are very unique are going to get faster results. Is that what I'm understanding from what you're saying? I think it really comes down to the competition and this is all uh, research during the strategy development and target research phase. Again, 
when you start an SEO campaign, you have to do uh, research opportunities. What might be a good target for this specific page or what might be a good target for our highest revenue generating product? And if you look at that research and you reverse, the, reverse engineer the competition and you see that um, there's really not much power going to these websites. These websites don't really have much backlinks going to them. Their content is kind of crappy. Then you definitely have a really good chance to provide a better user experience, get more backlinks, get more trust signals to your website that will typically warrant much faster results as opposed to targeting stuff a little bit more competitive. An example we did was an e-commerce clothing store that uh, we just that we're in the early stages of working with. And right now we're focused primarily on building the foundation through PR, foundational links, making sure the on-page SEO is perfect. And they're targeting a pretty competitive space. They're also aware that uh, it's very likely they won't see results. We gave them an estimate of 14 to 16 months, which is really long, but also it's realistic in terms of what they can expect. Uh, so again, making sure everything is done right if you are in a non-competitive space and the main competitors on page one of Google really don't have their SEO up to par, then you can get really quick results. And the opposite would be for really heavily competition type keywords. Yeah, so in its simplest form, uh, I guess a quick recap, is that if you are in a non-competitive space and you find that out through the research or the non-competitive keywords, you will typically get faster results. And the opposite would be if you go into really competitive markets where the results might take a little bit more time. And that's simply because trust cannot be built overnight. And SEO being the long-term solution that it is, Google, Google takes your website and backlinks that are going to your website through various algorithmic filters and tests, so to speak. We call it the Google mousetrap. And you might see fluctuations in the results. And that's really Google determining whether the incoming trust signals are real or if they're spam. And for that reason, again, usually in more competitive spaces, things may take a little bit longer. We gave an estimate for a very competitive industry with an e-commerce client of ours, uh, 14 to 16 months. And um, that's, that's pretty conservative, so to speak, just because they're really competitive and we're building that foundation first. Whereas um, a lot of their own content marketing opportunities that we've created for them, they're going to be able to target low-hanging fruit initially and get initial traffic uh, for the lower-hanging fruit just because it's not as competitive. Yeah, so I think what people need to understand is that it's a long-term strategy, but if you're planning on being in this market for a while and you're planning on running your store for a while, or if you're planning on selling your business, then you need to be doing SEO. Absolutely. Every, every single marketing team or company should have SEO in their overall strategy. It's one of the many different marketing verticals and it warrants amazing results. Yeah, fantastic. So you just mentioned one of the stores that you're working with that um, you're working with for that 14-month period. And I know what you mean because I think like people hearing that thinking, oh, my God, that's so long. But that's just sort of a general idea, isn't it? And some of the keywords are going to come up in a few months and then some of them are going to take longer. So you're sort of averaging it and you're giving them, you're not trying to heighten their um, expectations too much. Absolutely. And that campaign specifically is set up into two different, I would say, search terms. We have the initial low-hanging fruit to start, and we have the highly competitive, uh, high-revenue-generating search terms. Now, the low-hanging fruit will warrant faster results simply because it's not as competitive. Uh, we have better SEO value to provide to these pages. Uh, and these are content pages, so we're doing content marketing with them. We have a uh, better SEO value to provide to Google uh, so they can see it, and that will help get some initial traffic to the website and start them at the top of the buyer's funnel. And then as the website naturally gains more authority over the course of 14 months, uh, we believe with our projections that we can start hitting a lot more competitive targets, ones that uh, will really be a game changer for them and their business and bring in a lot more revenue to the store. 
Fantastic. I love the way you talk about low-hanging fruit first because I think that most SEO people out there are sort of in it for the long term. They only think long term. And as a business owner, and I've owned businesses, I've had e-commerce stores, that sounds really scary from that point of going, what, you're just thinking 12 months from now, I'm spending all this money for 12 months out. But you're talking about, okay, we're talking about 12 months out and we're talking about what we can do now as well. So I think that's what I really like about your way of thinking. And that's what we said in the intro, that you've got a few different philosophies from the average SEO person because you can look at that a low-hanging fruit first, which brings in some money, and then you talk about long-term strategy as well. Absolutely. it's it's The goal with SEO is to get traffic from organic search. It's not if you need immediate traffic to your website, especially to start generating revenue, start creating that content that will target those low-hanging fruits. Make sure you set up a, a proper funnel to take them through the buyer's journey from the top of the funnel to maybe if they're just looking for an answer to a question all the way to the bottom of the funnel, which is the add-to-cart button so to speak, or even the checkout uh, overall. Um, definitely getting that initial traffic, which could bring in initial sales, can help move the needle internally and also with your marketing efforts. Fantastic. So I had a question from one of the people on my email list, and they were asking, how do you SEO a product that has many different color variations? So you only have a certain amount of words that you can put in on your on-page SEO for your description. So let's say you've got 10 different color variations. Some of them are, um, in their case, um, different prints and different colors. How do you SEO for that one product but many different variations? Absolutely. I will uh, apologize because this may get a little bit technical. Uh, So anything I'm about to say, you can uh, Google research uh, yourself as well. So first off, the best example of this that we like to talk about is Amazon. Amazon uses proper, what we call faceted navigation. What that means is when you select a certain filter, whether it's a color, a size, a um, condition, whatever it is, that the URL structure might change. But in the coding and the source code of that page, there's something called a rel canonical. And that still is the initial main product page. Uh, Does that make a little bit of sense? So a canonical is basically telling the Google search results the real URL of a specific web page. And when you change these different filters, again, color, size, shape, uh, pattern, it might change the URL structure, but when Google visits that page, they won't index in their system that long, that long URL structure with question marks and, and all these different things. Uh, they'll see that original product page. And the best example of that, again, is Amazon. Go to Amazon, perform a search, go to a product, play around with the different variables on that page, and you'll see that that URL changes significantly. But if you right-click and you view the page source and you type in uh, Command-F or Control-F and type in Canonical, you will see that the canonical is the original product description without any of those uh, filters. So we call that faceted navigation. Fantastic. So do you know of any apps for Shopify, the Shopify apps that you recommend that people use when it comes to SEO? Um, essentially, I'm, I'm very basic when it comes to that. As long as you can properly um, add in meta information, enhance the page titles, update the products with schema, schema markup about the products, the price, the reviews, et cetera. Um, That's the best thing. I don't have a specific application in mind, but as long as you can do that and you can take the website and run it through Google's structured data test and come back with no problems, no issues, there's no duplicate metadata, there's no duplicate titles within that source code itself, then you're golden. So where do they do that test? Uh, You can just Google, Google structured data testing tool. And that's meant for the schema markup testing to ensure that your page has proper schema markup. 
Okay, fantastic. I'll put the notes in the show notes on the uh, website on justaskparker.com slash podcast. I'm actually going to put the link there so people don't have to go and Google it. I'll put that link in the show notes for everyone because I'm sure a lot of people now are saying, okay, I need to test this. I need to find out if it works. So that's fine. I'll put it in there for everyone. And it's a really long URL. I'm I'm not going to start saying it. No, 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 that's fine. They can just click that link and find it themselves. Awesome. So my next question is, what are the top things that every store owner needs to do immediately today? So they're listening to this saying, okay, from everything that you're saying, Jason, this makes sense and it sounds like I need to take action. What are the top things that people should be taking action on immediately? Yeah, I think one of the big things, if you do have products that allow you to add different filters, like I mentioned before, faceted navigation is something that's severely uh, underlooked in the e-commerce space. It's super important. Google will end, if if it's not done correctly, Google will end up uh, indexing multiple copies of your page leading to on-site duplicate content. It's not a very good user experience. It'll kind of clog up the the Google database with a bunch of thousands of pages of useless content on your website, and it's not very good. So faceted navigation is definitely one of the most important things. As well as, um, I know that these are settings within Shopify, having unique meta information, unique titles, for every single page on your website. And it might sound really time-consuming, so maybe spread it out over the course of a few months, but uh, Google Search Console, which is a tool that any website owner can see how Google's viewing your website, they will tell you specifically if you have uh, duplicate titles on your website, duplicate meta descriptions. And if Google is giving you those warnings, usually it means that they don't like it. So uh, have unique content, unique meta information, unique titles, unique URLs for every single page on your website. And that's Probably also with faceted navigation, one of the biggest issues we see when we do internal audits. Okay, fantastic. Once again, I'm going to put that in the show notes, the links for that. So the Google search console is where people should be going to make sure that their website is actually up to scratch in Google's eyes. And uh, again, I'll put that all in the show notes for everyone. Uh, Like you said, there's a lot of places people have to go and find this stuff, but it is hard to explain because a lot of people listen to this podcast while running or driving. So it's best if we just put it in there for people. Absolutely. And if there's any questions in regards to Google Search Console, there's a lot of free information on the web. You know, go down a rabbit hole of sorts and search how to use Google Search Console. I I have never done it, but I know that I can imagine there's a lot of YouTube videos on it and somebody can give you a nice quick run through of it. Sure. Fantastic. So uh, we've spoken about on-site, on-site or on-page SEO. What are some things that people can do about their off-page SEO? Can they take action themselves? You mentioned, you know, there's backlinks and things like that involved. What can people do that maybe they've, they can tap into what they're already doing to make sure that their off-page SEO gets started? Uh, in, in its most broadest term is outreach. There's nothing better than old school outreach, reaching out to, if you have a product, uh, reaching out to influencers, uh, reaching out to bloggers, to editors. And uh, one of the ways, again, is giving out your product for review on their website, assuming that your product is an awesome product. And, or just say, hey, can I be a contributor on your blog? Saying, uh, we write great content about this topic. would love to be a guest writer, so to speak, on your website. And I can provide uh, amazing content that I believe your readers will enjoy. And within that content itself, of course, uh, to do a non-spammy, shameless plug or whatever of your website. Um, in its simplest form, you can at least try to get a link in the author bio, usually at the bottom of that blog post. Uh, but that's an easy, straightforward way to get backlinks is plain old outreach. And it is, does take work. It is time consuming. But uh, one of our one of our clients, when they do that for their internal team, we do a lot of consulting, uh, 
there that's where they really enjoy it is seeing those tangible results coming in the form of PR type backlinks. So you did mention just then to give out products for free, but when you say that you mean to bloggers, not just to your family or friends, people that have websites that can create a link for you back to your website. Yeah. Uh, friends and family is good, especially in the early stages of a product to get feedback for. Uh, but with SEO, your goal, you're giving pretty, pretty much a value proposition in exchange for a backlink. And that's the big one is reaching out to influencers. A lot of the influencer networks to get in touch or reach out to your favorite uh, Instagram person that's in your industry or Twitter person and say, Hey, how can we work together? We have this specific product. I'd love to send it to you, you know, in its simplest form. Fantastic. Well, on that note, while everyone's listening, I actually have the Influencer Marketing Summit. If anyone wants to know more about it, the show notes for your page, Jason, on justaskparker.com actually will have a link there that people can sign up for that Influencer Marketing Summit, which is exactly what you're saying. Find the influencers, get them to try your products, and then that's going to create the backlinks for you to help you with your SEO. And again, not only backlinks, but you'll probably also get traffic if they have a pretty big reach. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And that's why we call it PR style backlinks, because it's kind of a PR campaign of sorts as well. And from an SEO standpoint, the big driver for SEO is that backlink. And again, from a PR standpoint, you're getting that traffic, that interest and uh, the target buyer persona, so to speak. Yeah, fantastic. And so what I want to ask you now, because I think that you've given people a lot of food for thought, thinking about how they can actually go away and, you know, start to think about their on-page and off-page SEO. But I know a lot of people that will be sitting there feeling completely overwhelmed, thinking, I still don't understand and I don't want to go find all the YouTube videos. I don't want to try to work this out myself. You did mention to me that you do have a virtual three-hour workshop. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's actually something we've been doing a lot more with e-commerce clients. And it's simply consulting or advisement where we teach their internal marketing team how to execute proper SEO strategy all the way from the beginning. And it's about three hours spread over the course of three weeks just uh, to make things easy to understand. All these calls are recorded, but the first call is usually strategy development and research, how to find low-hanging fruit, how to find more competitive spaces, how to create an overall content marketing strategy or a product target strategy to get those SEO rankings and reverse engineering the competition, learning more about SEO overall. Second session usually consists of everything related to on-page SEO. That's a little bit more technical. Uh, We dive into a lot of technical aspects of e-commerce on page SEO. And then again, uh, more fun is the off page SEO, giving you our systems and our frameworks that we do internally to scale link building, scale outreach. So you can go from literally having no backlinks to, uh, if you're really working hard at it, 50 in, in one or two months. Fantastic. And I'll just let everyone know, knowing the amount of years I've been in this industry and doing SEO myself, but also just across marketing in general, what everyone needs to understand is that if you do not have those right keywords, if you don't know the actual words that people are searching for you for, you're going to be wasting a whole lot of time. So this sort of workshop is where, Jason, you're laying those foundational um, mm-hmm. areas where people need to understand that because people can go out there and start trying to build links or they can go out and try to find influences for certain keywords, but they might be running up a whole lot of, you know, giving out free product. They might be wasting time trying to get keywords, um, ranking just completely wrong keywords that are not going to help them anyway. 100%. You know, uh, just as your example, you said earlier, ranking for jeans, uh, a search on probably gets a couple of million searches per month is not a good target. 
And that's where you say, okay, most people will say, okay, we want to rank for jeans, has a couple million, uh, we'll try to do it ourselves, or we'll hire an SEO company. It also comes down to that reverse engineering uh, page one results, seeing what's there, how do you reverse engineer them to see what might be a realistic opportunity that it's worth it to spend your time, your money on. Yeah, fantastic. So Jason, thank you so much. Can you just tell everyone again how they can find out more about working with you or finding out about that virtual workshop that you have, or maybe you can um, just point them in the right direction if they need some help. So where can they get hold of you? Absolutely. You can email me at jason at breaktheweb.org. I can be found, of course, at breaktheweb.org and seoservicesnewyork.org. Fantastic. Well, Jason, thank you so much for being here. I know that everyone's now going, wow, okay, I'm going to go off and run away and check on my SEO. So thank you so much for helping us out and giving us that information. And I hope to have you back on here at some stage telling us more about, I want to get you on here about that PR stuff that you're talking about, which I think is very interesting for people as well. So thank you again, Jason, for being here. And thank you everyone for listening today. And I look forward to having everyone back on the next episode. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast. Join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash winning with Shopify and get our show notes at justaskparker.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And as a listener, get 20% off at justaskparker.com by using the code podcast.